is symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hot Rod may survive this Survivor Series, but right now, we're going to take you to another colleague. Let's go to Sean Mooney. I love it. These are the Hulkamaniacs, and set to lead them into battle is their captain, Hulk Hogan. Well, you know something, brother? Me and all my little Hulksters, we've been surviving around the WWF for quite some time now, little dude. And you know, now that the whole world is in a state of confusion, and especially the WWF is turning topsy-turvy, this is our chance to prove that the four demands of the training, the prayers, the vitamins, and believing in yourself will make you a survivor in any situation, man. You know, first off, dudes, I've assembled the baddest team of Hulkamaniacs I could possibly find. Hacksaw Jim Duggan with a 2x4 is a deadly weapon in himself. And the big tugboat brother, he's just like the USS Missouri man, watching all my little holsters back. And when you're in the Survivor Series, dudes, sometimes there are no rules, man. But this time, the big boss man is going to be laying down all the law and order, brothers. Uh, I've been a survivor all my life, and tonight will be no different. And when this thing's all said and done, and it's all over, Bobby Heenan, we're going to see if you can survive. How about it, Tugboat? You, you know it, boss man, because the old Tugboat is just like the Battleship Missouri, brother. He's loaded. He's ready for battle, brother. He's got the Hulkamaniac's backs covered, and it's just like out in the wild. Only the strong survive. That's right. It's Turkey Day. It's Survivor Series. Everybody's all excited. The hair on the back of the neck standing up. The blood's pumping through the heart. And there's a reason these yellow ribbons are on the 2x4. Tell them about it, Hulkster. You know, that's right, tough guy. The first thing in our sights is we've got our focuses on winning the Survivor Series and proving that the Hulkamaniacs can't survive, brother. But the reason we're also here is we're dedicating this match to all the men and women all over the world who are all Hulkamaniacs, man, serving and fighting for our country. But especially the men and the women over there in the Middle East right now, brother, that are hanging on and fighting for all of us, brother. And as far as I'm concerned, President Bush, as soon as the Survivor Series is over and me and my Hulkamaniacs prove that we are really survivors, if you need an extra little heavy artillery or if you need any kind of help, brother, we volunteer our services, man. And as far as I'm concerned, Saddam Hussein, what you gonna do when my team of survivors runs wild on you? All right, back to you, Gorilla. Hulkster making oh. that dedication to all our armed forces over there in the Persian Gulf as part of Desert Shield. What a better way to give Hey now, welcome to Season 3, Episode 13, 45 overall, the Season 3 finale and the 24-inch podcast Ta-da! holiday special. I am here today, Steve Bennett, with our little princess, Paula Bennett. 
I have my own podcast now. Oh, yeah? What's that called? The Paula Pod. The Paula Pod. We'll talk more about that in a minute. And, of course, out in New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey, New Jersey, New Jersey. New Jersey, New Jersey, New Jersey. Is Hollywood Dave Rollins. What's up, Dave? What's up, uh, guys? Paula, first of all, hope you had the most wonderful Christmas. You're a very nice young lady. And Steve, you as well. You guys have been very nice to me. And uh, some problems in my life I've been running into. We have to start having our problems at the exact same time, though. Like, <laughs> you have a problem. Yeah. Then Dave week, has then a problem and I have a problem. Have a problem. Yeah. We got to get them together somehow. Then yeah. everything, will be, everything will be fine. 24-inch podcast. And but, Paula um, has a problem. Yeah. <laughs> what will my problem be? You're a jabroni? <laughs> I accidentally say the bill... The, the B team's gonna make it to the playoffs. All right, and then I the, evict yeah. you. The um, everything that's on Instagram today is the Bills. Yuck! All right. Oh wow! First things first. How was everybody's Christmas, Paula? I love it. Yeah, what'd you get from Santa Claus? I got makeup. Lots of makeup. What else? A PS Five. A PS Five. My dad mostly uses it. Well, you've only had it for two days. I know. Let's do. Gotta uh, get used to it, right? What else? And that was a gift for who? Me and dad. So it's probably okay if your dad uses it since it was for both of us, there right? There you go. Yeah. All right. Double gifts. Yeah, what else? Me and my mom got to make a piñata. Okay, make sure you're talking to the mic so everyone can hear. Me and my hear. mom got to make a piñata. Okay, what else? Oh, that sounds cool. And... A new vanity in your room? Then what else? I got a TV. She got a TV in her room. Wow. Did you guys open up, hit the pinata, open it up? Yes, we did. Yeah? Who who hit it? Who opened it? Me. All right. Good job. Okay. Well, it sounds like you had a great Christmas. Dave, how'd you do? I did okay. Gift-wise, I got about a couple of nice shirts, like usual. Probably every year on here, uh, I say the same things. I got cologne. Um... I got a uh, a battery a jumper, not cables, but like a box, a battery. Thing oh, right, your you can car. keep in your car. Yeah, yeah, it, all, yeah. it also fills up your tires too. Ah, I want one of those. Yeah, yeah, see, it's really cool. I got that. Um, about it. Yeah. Uh, Any LJNs? No LJNs. No last no, minute no LJNs under the tree. Nothing like that. No, no that's that's back back in the eighties. Those were the days, but, though. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know I. Partied a little too hard. I, I went to <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, one friend's house Christmas Eve, and another friend's house Christmas night. And so le- yesterday was a, a washout for me, not feeling well. But today I'm like really not feeling like there's some, it's something else. I think I'm coming down with something, but I'll get through with the show here tonight. Yeah, you know, blood so I'm feeling well enough. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, my Christmas was good too. My brother was home, um, which was the most important thing from Jersey. Although he's already off to Europe. Left for Europe uh, yesterday, so, um, but it was a good visit while he was here. Yes, it was. I went to see the Iron Claw. Oh, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, I enjoyed it, but it's, I mean, it's, it's misery. I mean, it's no fun to yeah, watch. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like you go to see the Titanic, you know the boat's going to sink. Yeah. You go to see this movie, you know they're all going to die, right? So, it's rough, and they even the there's only uh, four kids in the movie. So the baby's already dead, obviously, and they combined the youngest two boys. 
Oh, wow. Like the younger one that died when he was 21, the one that was like had the health problems and stuff. He's not even actually in the movie. He's a, he's like combined with the brother above him. Not David, right? Because he was a big star. No, David, Carrie, and um, Kevin, obviously. Kevin are in the movie. Yeah. Are three, okay. right? And then the younger two are combined into one. Uh, all right. Eh. Well, I mean, that's a little weird. But well, I mean, but I think it, there's just one too many deaths, right? There's, yeah, there's still only, like I said with the Motley Crue movie, I'm not going to be one of those people. Things were out of order, but you only got 90 minutes. You know what I mean? And it yeah. is, to be fair, they never said this is the true story of Devon Eriks, right? They said this is based on the story of the family. Yeah. I was supposed to go see it with Jerry uh, this this weekend, but his brothers are, um, they live and die by reviews, and they must have got a bad review about Really? Because it's been reviewed yeah. terrifically. I thought, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't care about reviews. I, 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 I always form my own opinion. But uh, I saw something in a mass text today. I'm just like, forget it. Like, whatever. Paula? I'll, I'll probably go to Anthony Pagano. <laughs> Somebody said at that dad's cluster, it's about the bad word time. What? It's about. It's about fucking time? What is? <coughs> at your concert. What concert? What? The one that we're at, um, the covered thingy. Okay, we're. The, I don't know what. The Rush cover Okay. Yeah. Oh, Rush. cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I know what she's talking about now. I went to see a Rush cover band. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I've ever done this. You know how this has become really popular, like the last five years. These like bands that you know they're called like some variation of a song or album from the band. Oh yeah, I got the place right down the street from me every weekend. Yeah. So we taking all my money in NT. There's something called the Riviera Theater. It's like uh, uh it's been open for like a hundred years. It's like. You go inside, it's got a chandelier, you know, really pretty carpets and stuff. A piano. Yeah, yeah and it's actually a, a, this giant organ that is there, that a Wurlitzer organ. Um, but uh, every Friday night they have a cover band, right? A tribute band, I guess they're called more appropriately in, in, in this day. And I've never been to one, but I'm, I love Rush, and obviously Rush isn't playing anytime soon. You know, so if you want to see those songs... Uh, play live this is what you got and i heard they're pretty good so i go and they play two sets 10 songs each with a two song encore and the first set was pretty good and the second set they just got lost in the weeds really you know rush has those long songs the deep cuts stuff they're, just, they're like technical technical music yes yeah, really stu- hard to stuff yeah. i like but you know they lost the crowd um right. you know just too many Deep cuts that went too long in a row. You know, like I think they played in the second set, they played four songs that I'm sure me and five other people only knew in the crowd. And then one of them also included a drum solo. And like, it's one thing to watch Neil Peart do a drum solo. It's another thing to watch someone pretending to be Neil Peart do a drum solo. So that got pretty boring, I thought. Yeah, you kind of just want to hear the songs. And they just, band. they lost the crowd. And then he goes to announce a song, and he's like, this next song is a fan favorite. And someone yelled, it's about fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I would do, for sure. <laughs> and then when I was walking out, I heard someone say, that band played so many fucking songs I never heard in my life. A lot of these cover bands do it for themselves, like all the songs we like. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the, the albums we like. 
you got to think if people are coming to see a cover band, you got to knock out those hits, like without a doubt. And you, you know, know what? what? Even the- regular bands, re- the real bands, got. If you're playing a big place, if you're playing an intimate place, you could do for for more of the uh, the the hardcore fans. But you always got to think of the casual fans first. With and, big places. And there's just a balance, and they just lost the balance. Like, the first half, I thought they did a great job. Like, they came out and played Force 10, Subdivisions, and Limelight were the first three songs. You right. know, so they got people going. And by the way, like, this venue, I think maybe it's because of it looks up scale and stuff. It's like a library to begin with. You know what I mean? Everyone sits. There's not much atmosphere. You know, if you stand, people yell at you for stand. It's like that kind of event. I would, I would, I would get kicked out during subdivisions. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> tough. So yeah. I mean, you really gotta you gotta build up to the point where the crowd is like up on their feet, maybe, or some of them are. Like, there's just no energy in there. And then the second half, they just lost everybody. I told my uncle in, in the break. I'm like, cause me and my uncle, and I'm like, all right, these That's first. Cool. I was like, these first few songs, they're just gonna go. F- they're just gonna. Go for it. And they did the exact opposite. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, and then, you know, the last two songs they played were Tom Sawyer and Spirit of Radio. But by then, I mean, everyone was in a coma. They were sucked out. Yeah. Crap. So anyway, that was that. Paul, you had something you wanted to say, baby? Um, They said the same thing at the Bandits game. Cause, um, the lacrosse team in yeah, Buffalo. Yep. They do this thing where they go dramatic about when somebody goes in the box. Right. The box. And it the was, box. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it was such a long time. They said it's about blank time. And yeah. Everybody was like, "Oh boy." You said that as a kid-friendly game. <laughs> but uh, oh, to to finish up the Iron Claw, I disagree with whatever reviews Jerry read. Um, no, it wasn't Jerry. It was his brothers. Okay, well, his brothers. Jerry, Jerry's all, Jerry was all in, but I think he. I don't know if he's going to get influenced or not by that. We're going to find out. It's worth a viewing. Like I said, it's yeah. it's um. As a wrestling fan, you're going to be annoyed by some of the um, inaccuracies in terms of timeline. Uh, right. Yeah, they, they had a problem with the guy that played Flair or something. I don't know. That's yeah. a little cartoonish, but whatever. Yeah. I Flair is cartoonish. That's what I thought. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Um, and uh, like they make it seem like Kerry wins the belt at the at the David Tribute show, and then immediately loses his foot that night. All right. Yeah. You know things like that, but um. It's fine, and it was, you know, other than the fact that it's incredibly sad, you know, it was uh, was a perfectly good, well-done movie. Oh, and the other criticism is the guy who plays Carrie is about a foot too short. Yeah, I heard that the the guy who plays Kevin should have played Carrie. Yeah. He's more, like, in shape, like, more muscular. He just does not look like, I mean, Carrie was a massive. Yeah. You know, 6'4", you know, 250, made the Ultimate Warrior look small. Yeah. And, I mean, he's, first of all, towered over by Kevin, you know, and just not cut at all. I mean, he just doesn't look like – he does a good job, I think, playing Gary. He just – Did they give Kevin Did they give Kevin some clothes to wear in the ring? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Wrestled, literally wrestled in his underwear. And yeah, that's no, pretty much no – yeah, shoes, he's barefoot. No, yep. no, they do that. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I, I thought it was uh, – and that's one thing. I thought the choreography – I heard it was – um. One of the Guerreros, I think, uh, did all that. Like, yeah, the uh, Chavo. Yeah, Chavo. I thought yeah. he did a great job. So, yeah, but, he also did uh, Glow. Right, I love that show. that's right, and yeah. I loved it too. I, with, uh, I can't believe that show. That that, that would what did it go? Did it only go two seasons or was it three? I want to say three. 
But well, it was I abruptly canceled. I think I didn't like the third as much. It didn't yeah. end. It didn't have an ending or anything. You no. Know I mean? yeah. No. Too bad. I really liked the blonde, too. That of all the same. crap that they show on Netflix and don't cancel, I was shocked when that got canceled. Uh-huh. Must have been expensive to make or something because it was a period piece. Sometimes that happens. I think something with COVID, maybe. They were trying to film. They stopped. And Could have been that, that, too. I can't remember. Yeah. All right. On this episode, we are going to do Survivor Series 1990. Uh, obviously, we intended to do this a few weeks ago, but didn't get to it. But it will be the perfect show for our season three finale here today. Um, we're going to take a break wow. in a minute. We'll come back. We're going to talk about the Hartford, Hartford Civic Center. And we're going to do a Where's Hulk, a quick B-block today because the C-block is, is loaded. We got the news, November 90. We got the card. We got the Hulk Hogan match. And then the second Hulk Hogan match. Yeah, two, it's the first time ever. We right. two Hulk Hogan oh, my God. Match. Yeah, the survivors. And then we'll do a rating. And then at the end, we'll read some emails. We'll say some thank yous. We'll close out the season. And we'll give you a few words on what to expect in season yes. four. All right, Paul, are you done interrupting me? Yes, I am. Okay, would you like to tell everybody to take a break and come back on the other side We're of the We're going to take a break, and then you can come back in one minute. All right, we'll be right back. We'll be back. Thank you for listening to the 24-Inch Podcast. Don't forget to check out my other podcast, The Sportscasters, 10 Years in the Making. You can find it on Twitter, at sports underscore caster, or download episodes wherever you found this podcast. You can find the 24-Inch Podcast on Twitter as well. We're at the number two, the number four, the word inch podcast, at 24-Inch Podcast. Email us at 24inchpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget about our friend Peter Winson and greeting from Allentown. It's at GF Allentown Pod. Twenty-four inch podcast. We are back. Paula will join us again for emails. She's got lots of business these days, messing with all her crap she got for Christmas. Dave, it's you and I, and we're going to start with the XL Center, or the Hartford Civic Center, as it was originally known, a multi-purpose arena and convention center located downtown Hartford, Connecticut, also often called the mall, um, because there <laughs> was a mall there, Yep. Um, and um, now it's named after the XL Group, which is an insurance company, uh, which is fitting because Hartford is where all the insurance companies are located. Uh, for the most part, it was originally the home of the Hartford Whalers. Uh, the NHL's Hartford Whalers um, played there uh, before they went on to Carolina. Uh, also the home of the UConn Huskies college basketball team, uh, including the um, women's UConn Husky team, which you know is the elite women's basketball program basically of all time. Um, so many championships won there for them. Uh, what else has gone on here? They broke ground in April 2nd, 1971. It opened January 9th, 1975. Uh, the roof collapsed at one point in 78, and it was closed for two years from to fix it. Cost $30 million to make or $163 million in 2022 dollars. Um, like I said, it was the home of the... 
Hartford Whalers, uh, currently the home of the Hartford Wolfpack of the AHL, the American Hockey League, um, and the Yukon. Turn Huskies your back on the Wolfpack. Are there as well? Yeah, men's, women's, men, the Yukon Huskies men's ice hockey team is there as well. Uh, and former tenants, uh, the Boston Celtics played some games there from 1975 to 1995. Maybe a game. I here. guess when the Garden Boston Garden is getting renovated, right? Or something, yeah, maybe, something, like, something that, like that for whatever weird reason. Maybe we'll find out more about that as we go. There's also yeah. been the the random sports, you know, the Arena Football League, and it's got to be one of know. the oldest arenas that's still operating, right? I guess yeah, I mean, mean being opened in '75, that's really yeah. effing old. Yeah. Uh, it holds twenty thousand for concerts, uh, fifteen thousand for basketball, fourteen thousand seven hundred for hockey. Um, let's see what else. it's right downtown. It's like right in the city. Um, I actually passed it. Several, several times going back and forth to Yale. We'd always see it there and know I'm less than an hour away. It was like a like a checkpoint. You know, like, oh, okay, we made it to Hartford. If the, if right. the traffic isn't too bad through here, we'll be there in no time. Um, I've also been personally there twice for Pearl Jam concerts. Um, one in 2010 and one in 2013. Uh, two famous Pearl Jam concerts because... Uh, the first time in 2010, uh, they said they would do OT, OT, OTO, one time, one time, one time only. Um, they, they say that's a thing they have in the band, and they played Ain't Talking About Love. Cool. Um, and then th- in 2013, Ed came back and said, we're going to have to switch it to TT, TT, TTO, two times, two times, two times only. Because he said when he walked in, he remembered doing it, wanted to do it again. So they played Ain't Talking About Love again. So Pearl Jam's played Ain't, Talk- Ain't Talking About Love two times in their history, both in this building. Because for some reason, to them, there's a connection between that song and the women's basketball team. I didn't follow Ooh. it at the, but you'll have to ask them. Uh, the ECAC uh, college conference has had many tournaments there. Uh, the Big East has had tournaments there. The Grateful Dead performed 18 times there. Uh, and several of the concerts were released as live albums. Um, the prof- professional bull riders have been there. Um, okay. So if you want to go see someone ride a bull. Um, and then many professional wrestling events, Survivor Series 1990. We had a loose bull right here in Newark, New Jersey a couple of weeks ago. Oh, my. Got out of the, got out of the slaughterhouse. Oh, right? yeah. It was on the train tracks, right? Right, right, right. I That's did. Right. I seen that. Uh, WrestleMania 11, No Way Out 2000, Vengeance 04, Money in the Bank 19, and Dave's big favorite wrestling show of all time, AEW Collision. (laughs) (laughs) Wonder what the attendance was on that one, brother. Yeah. Let's see. And uh, don't forget the Saturday Night's main event with Hogan Orndorff in the cage. Oh, right. One of my favorites. Yeah. One of my favorites for sure. I love that match. I've been there twice. uh, First for the uh, WrestleMania 11 Fan Festival. Went for the fan festival, but we didn't go for WrestleMania. I don't know why. I was, you know, was it the it wasn't the our WWF anymore. It was yeah, still it was the end of, of the era. Kind it was of, the end yeah. of the era. So, but the the fan festival was so cool at the Garden the last the last year WrestleMania ten that I think we wanted to go back. So that's why we did it. They were, they were very similar, and we had a good time. Then, of course, I've mentioned on uh, the last show I was there for Motley Crue in two thousand five, and uh, I was evacuated from the uh, the building, but towards the end of the show, so. You told the fake police to get the real police, and he did. Yeah, yeah. it took him a long time to get them, but they got them. Yeah. 
If they caught a couple more traffic lights, I might have made the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess they drive right through them anyway, right? All right so <laughs> I do, I did like, you know, I've seen Pearl Jam in a lot of places, obviously. And I do like seeing them there because it has that, you know, it's an old building, you know, and it sounds pretty good in there. But it just has that kind of no matter where you are, you feel close kind of feel yeah. to it, you know, because it was built. It's a little steeper, you know, than the older steep. places, than the newer places. And, you know, the crowd all feels on top of each other. So I think it makes for a good atmosphere there. I mean, I had good, That's probably why I was in the aisle. <laughs> yeah, I had good seats both times anyway. Um, but actually, the one time I remember my back was against the wall. So I was like just straight back from the stage. But like even that wasn't far away because everything just, you know, you just feel like on top of everything. Um. And then the other time I was, I think, like in the sixth, seventh, eighth row, something like that. But um, yeah, really cool place, an old school building, one probably one of the older ones, still running. You know, uh, probably, probably one of the strangest places to ever have a WrestleMania, right? Yeah, and, and again, that was a time when the company was down. Yeah, so it's cheap to do it there. You know, close right. to home, essentially a home game for them. The LT, uh, yeah, LT. This should have been in the Meadowlands, right? That would have been great in the Meadowlands, mm. but that would have been a home game for LT. Maybe they figured out LT needs to play on the road. Yeah, okay, okay. Ship him out. Makes sense. Ship yeah. him out to Harvard. You can't be giving LT yeah. that kind of advantage, man. <laughs> you know, LT owns the Meadowlands. That's true. You know, outside of he actually was at a, a WCW uh, before I was into WCW. Though I think he came. Oh, I could be wrong. No, maybe I'm wrong. I thought he might have been at a WCW game. I might have matched in the Meadowlands, but I think it was some, another another football player. What was the thing we were wondering if we would find out more about? What was what did we talk about earlier? And I was like, oh, maybe there'll be more about it. Oh, the Celtics. Why did the Celtics play? Yeah, that? why not the Boston Garden? Yeah, I don't see anything really about that, but maybe we can. Uh... Oh wait, here we go. All right. Um, and hosted occasional Boston Celtics home games from 1975 to 1995. One of the m- most famous shots Larry Bird ever made, although it didn't count, took place at the Hartford Civic Center. The shot from behind the backboard that's all it says okay so maybe we will entrust our friend ryan gray uh dad, my dad might know too yeah or your dad or even uh roger morissette from place to be one of our celtics fans we'll have to find out more why did the celtics uh play in hartford um interesting now um other teams have done that, like the um, oh yeah, the Buffalo oh, yeah. Bills famously played some games in Toronto. Uh, the Green Bay Packers played in Milwaukee. Um, so it's not, I guess. Okay, here we go. Given the limitations of their lease at Boston Gardens, the Civic Center was a financial boon to the Celtics. Um, there was a change in climate before the ninety three ninety four season. When NBA lawyers and state's attorney generals reached out a settlement and opened up the Hartford television market to the Knicks. So that sounds like why it ended. Um, But it sounds like because of the lease in the garden, uh, maybe they were able to charge more and make more there. Um, Maybe just a one-off every once in a while? Yeah, I don't think that they were there. Yeah, they played three to four games a year there for a couple of decades. It was financially lucrative because of something in the lease at the Old Garden. They made more money in Hartford for those games. Hartford also sat about 1,000 more people. 
It also locked up the TV market there for Boston. They said they had exclusivity due to playing there, so more money. That changed in the mid-90s, and the Knicks got TV rights there somehow, and the TD opened with more seats and better terms for the team. And in the mid-90s, when the Boston Garden got knocked down and right. turned and into that's, the that's new they, place. Yeah, yeah, that's what they mean by TD, the TD Garden. It was all TD Garden, yeah. right. So there we go. Mystery solved. We didn't even need Ryan Gray. There you go. Yeah, good. Rockin' Ryan. How you doing? Merry Christmas. All right, where's Hulk? Where's Hulk? All right, Hulk had most of November off. I think he was... Um, uh, uh, putting some finishing touches on Suburban Commando along with uh, his friend at the time, The Undertaker. And uh, so let's start off at uh, at our show, the Survivor Series, held in Hartford, Connecticut, like we just said, at the Civic Center, 16,000 in attendance. The Hulkamaniacs took on the natural disasters, plus Hulk is featured in the grand match of survival. We'll break that all down from you in just a moment. Next day, Rosemont Horizon, Chicago, 11,000 earthquake over Hulk Hogan by a countout. Hogan did a stretcher job, so you know what that means. We're coming back next month. Uh, most of these are, this is one of those months where we're just, just about all the same, so we're going to make it a little quick here, so we don't want to bore you all. Next day, November 24th, Landover, Maryland, the Capitol Center, a matinee, Hulk Hogan over Earthquake by Countout once again. Uh, Dino Bravo interfered, and Tugboat made the save for the Hulkster, setting up that tag match for the return. November 24th, the same night, it's a night show now, right here in Madison Square Garden. I remember watching this on the MSG Network. Of course, 15700 for the near sellout as Earthquake goes over Hogan on another countout and another stretcher job. I believe Hulk jumped off the stretcher like toward, towards the end, like when he realized he was on it. Like, what's happening? You know, and then they came back with the uh, Hogan tugboat Earthquake Bravo tag match the next month. November 25th, Toronto's Maple Leaf Gardens, 10,800. Earthquake over Hulk Hogan by countout. I guess you guys can just kind of just know what's coming every time, every time I'm about to say one. November 29th, Dallas, Texas, Reunion Arena. Speaking of the Iron Claw and uh, the Yvonne Eriks, only 3,800 for Hogan over Earthquake by countout. I guess they were mad that Kerry was over with us in New York, maybe at that time. <laughs> uh, November 30th, Portland, Oregon at the Coliseum, only 4,500. Oh, we got a different match, at least. Hulkster and Tugboat over Bravo and Quake. And uh, November, finally, we'll end up with the first day of December, December 1st, Anchorage, Alaska, 8,600 for a sellout. Hulk Hogan pins Earthquake, earthquake this time. And the rest of December is all just the same. Hogan, Tugboat, Bravo, Earthquake tags. Or earthquake over Hogan and countouts and, and stuff like that. It's nothing different at all. Sounds good. That is where yep. is Hulk. Good job, Dave. All right, we got a lot to Thank do you. in the next segment, so let's get into it. We'll take a break. We'll be right back with Survivor Series 1990. It's the Survivor Series, the epitome of tag team competition, as the immortal Hulk Hogan and the Earthquake tap into respective teams of the Big Boss Man and Dino Bravo. Joining up with Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Haku, Tugboat, the Barbarian, the Hulkamaniacs versus the Natural Disasters. Team Captains, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, join up with Coco Beware and a mystery partner, along with the Anvil, Greg Denver Valentine, Bret Hart, the Honky Talk Man, the Dream Team versus the Million Dollar Team. Team Captains Nikolai Volkov and Sergeant Slaughter. Join up with Tito Santana, Boris Lukov, Bushwhacker Butch, Sato, Bushwhacker Luke and Tanaka, Nipsey Alliance versus the Mercenaries. Jake the Snake Roberts and the model Rick Martell. 
to the respective teams of the Superfly, the Warlord, Marty Janetti, the Mighty Hercules, Shawn Michaels, Paul Roma, the Vipers versus the Visionaries. World Wrestling Federation Champion, the Ultimate Warrior, and Mr. Perfect, lead team members, Texas Tornado, Crash, along with Animal, Axe, Hawk, Smash, it's the Warriors versus the Perfect Team. It's the Survivor Series. 24-inch podcast, we are back. Survivor Series 1990, the show today. We got a lot of work to do in this segment, so let's get right to it. First, let's read the news. All right, Dave. November 1st, 1990, the last of Margaret Thatcher's original government resigns. Deputy Prime Minister Howe. Margaret, How? Margaret Thatcher, one of the famous prime ministers of England. Um, loved by many, hated by many. Oh, just like Hollywood Dave Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> and most politicians. Yeah. Uh, November 1st, rhetoric escalates as George Bush, the first Bush, likens Saddam Hussein to Adolf Hitler. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, this was a big, big thing. At this time, all you got to do is talk to, I heard Justin saying on one of his many, many shows, I can't remember one, how Roddy Piper was obsessed with the war. <laughs> he really was. It's all he talks about on uh, any, anything he was commentating on this time. Good stuff. And our third story from November 1st, Sandra Miller was awarded $100 um, in, a, in a case with Mike Tyson. Do you know why she was awarded this money? What did I don't. Mike, what did Mike do to her? Um, I want to say rape. <laughs> not quite. Not yeah. quite. Not quite rape. He fondled her breasts. Oh, okay. That's not quite rep. rape. Rape. Think uh, my a really good female friend of mine. Uh, the other night, speaking of a hundred dollars on Christmas night, she had fake hundreds as a joke okay. from her uncle and yeah. gave me one. And the next day, I'm get I have like a million missed texts. It was real, and she needs it like for something for the kid and stuff. <laughs> like I gave you a real one by accident. Like, That's oh, funny. It's in, it's in my drawer. Like, don't worry about it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. She's lucky. Wild. She, she gave it to a good friend. A, a yeah, bad friend would be really like, "No, I don't yeah. have. I don't have shit." Right, 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 right. Um, I wonder how much money she actually got from Mike. I can't imagine he wrote her a check for hundred million, but no, you never know. I guess. All right. I wonder. I wonder if she brought on the fondling of the breasts, or he just was drunk or something. And just, Who knows? Uh, November third, Major League Baseball club owners agree to pay players two hundred eighty million dollars in damages under a settlement to close aftermath of the owner's three-year conspiracy case against free agents, largest owner-to-player payment ever made in sports. So essentially, the owners were colluding to keep the price of the free agents down. So they were saying, okay. "Don't spend more than five million on anyone, and I won't." You know, and sort of stifling the market, and they were uh, caught of that, and then they had to pay two hundred eighty million to the players. Pay the piper, believe me, I know how it feels. Not quite that much money, but <laughs> yeah. I'm on my level of paying the piper, brother. Believe me. All right, what else do we got? Uh, November fourth, Alan Jane's jukebox musical, Buddy, the Buddy Holly story, starring Paul Hip, 
opens at the Schubert Theater and runs for 225. You always got to get one of those in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, this is a cool one, though. I yeah. mean, we all know about the, yeah, the, the, the music died. died you know, yeah. from, I mean, we've all seen La Bamba. We all love Bob. You know what I mean? And everything. So, yeah, the Buddy Holly story, I believe I said, it's no La Bamba, but I've, I've seen that. And I don't think they've had any movies on the Big Bopper. But uh, I could be wrong. November 4th, Iraq says it's preparing for a dangerous war. And the U.S. Secretary of State, James Baker, visits American troops in Saudi Arabia. Uh, November 6th, Whitney Houston's third studio album is released called I'm Your Baby Tonight, of course, featuring the title track. I'm Your Baby Tonight will be eventually named the Billboard Album of the Year in 1991. What's the big hit off that? From the moment I saw you, I out of my mind. Well, I've never been fatal. You're my okay. first time. All right. Yeah. What a beautiful voice you have, by the I way. do. I'm, I'm t- Yeah. Pop star. Yeah. Not uh, only a great hockey player, yeah. but a pop star. Yeah. All city. Uh, Arsenio Hall gets a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame on November 6th. November 6th also, Braves right fielder wins the NL Rookie of the Year. Speaking of a hockey player, uh, I wore number 23 to this day because of this baseball record. So when I was growing up, I would wear 23 when I played hockey for my favorite baseball player. And I'd wear number 10 when I played baseball in honor of my favorite Hockey player. So can you name that Braves right fielder that won the NL Rookie of the Year? You can't, but try. Oh, I'll give you I'll give you <laughs> You know you know it if I maybe can. But I will give you a pop culture tie-in that maybe yeah. gives you a shot because maybe you heard this. Okay. He was once shoot. married to Holly Berry. Nah. Nah. Dave Justice. I've heard that absolutely heard of him. Okay. Wouldn't have got it. Didn't would never have known what team he was on, but I definitely Definitely know the name. All right. Well, me and I, know his, I also know his brother Sid pretty well. Yes. Chet and I are yeah. big fans of Dave and Sid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Shout out to Chet. Uh, I spent Christmas Eve with him and his uh, both his children. I actually reached out to Chet uh, for your address, um, but then oh, I, I got it okay. another thank way. Um, and did went, he get back to you? Went, yeah, he did. And I said, well, right. thank you, Chet, but I already got yeah. it. Merry, oh, so I was yeah. able to wish, wish him a Merry Christmas, though. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, November 7th, Cleveland Indian Sandy Alomar Jr. is named the Rookie of the Year. Probably most famous for getting a home run in a playoff game against Mariano Rivera. Something that not many people did, but in 97, uh, Sandy Alomar did that. Let's see what Another name I know. A lot of baseball stuff here. Daryl Strawberry signs a contract. Let's see. November 8th, musician Chris Isaac releases his single Wicked Game. Oh, what a big video on MTV that yeah, was. Yeah, big video, big hit in the 90s. I remember yeah. I didn't have, uh, like, as everyone, as you know, I didn't get into Crew until Dr. Feelgood came out. Mm. So MTV pretty much just played those videos at the time. Like, it would be hard to, to, to for them to play a video from the prior albums. They did that with a lot, with most bands. And I, I don't know if that continued into the 90s or not. But um, so... It was hard for me to get Girls, Girls, Girls. On right. Tape. They played the current stuff, really. The current. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they did a, t- a top 10 most wanted sexiest videos of all time. And this was on Girls, Girls was number one. And this was on right right before it. So, oh. like, I had this video and it just goes right into Girls, Girls, Girls. That's I, Anytime I hear about Wicked Game, it makes me think of that. All right. Very big movie premiere, Dave. In Chicago. Uh, I know. Oh, I, know. I, I, I know it before you even say it. November 10th, John Hughes film Home Alone, directed That's by right. Chris Columbus 
and starring Macaulay Culkin premieres in Chicago. What a film. I probably saw it at a theater maybe two, at least two times, maybe even three. Same. Yeah. Yeah, we just kept going back and back and back. I've seen it before Christmas and on Christmas vacation. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yep. I, yeah. That's about that. Might even went with a school class, too, I think. Maybe walked up as a uh, class trip or something. Oh, yeah. I want to mention this one for a non-baseball reason. November 11th, California Angel Chuck Finley and Seattle Mariner Randy Johnson combined to pitch a no-hitter in an exhibition game between the U.S. and Japanese All-Star teams. The reason I mention it, do you know who Chuck Finley was married to? Uh, I'll give you I a hint. No White Snake. Okay, so, um, yeah. Uh, oh, Bachelor Party. Um, Tony Gatain. Yep. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was a frequent stirring guest, too. So. Yeah. R.I.P. Passed away a couple Yeah, years that's ago. right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Damn. Uh, November 13th and 14th, Bob Welch wins the Cy Young Award for the A's. Doug Drayback of the Pirates wins the NL. Uh, what else do we got? A lot of baseball this, for November. It's kind of weird, for right? November, yeah, it's, you know, back, back then, it, it was nowadays it goes into November, right? But back then. Yeah. No, this is all like off-season stuff. Yeah. November 14th, James Worthy is arrested in Houston and charged with two counts of solicitation of prostitution. Wild. Not good, James. Yeah. And uh, you think someone like that, why would you need a, you yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah, you I, I never understood that, like famous famous people with, with prostitutions. You know, but, but getting prostitutes makes no sense. All right. Uh, speaking of prostitutes in their own way, November 15th, producers confirmed that Millie Vanilli did not sing on their album. <laughs> but these guys got burned. You know, like when you think of the auto-tune and how little singing people do now in concert yeah. even. You know, what was it? Ashley Simpson's sister, too, got yeah, burned. Yeah, I remember that. You know, Jessica, now it's Ashley like Simpson. that yeah. stuff just gets, yeah, Jessica Simpson's sister, sister Ashley, yeah. right? Um, That stuff gets swept under the rug now, but Millie Vanilli played I, a, there was a documentary on them on Paramount, I want to say, I watched this year. Really sad. One of them's dead. I just, yeah, uh, I, just, I just blame it on the rain. Yep. But nothing lasts forever. Yeah. Even cold November rain. <laughs> uh, November 15th, President George H.W. Bush signs the Clear Air Act of 1990. Uh, also on the 16th, Manuel Norega claims the U.S. denied him a fair trial. Good. Good for him. Um, oh, November 17th, David Crosby breaks his left leg, ankle, and shoulder in a motorcycle accident. Nice looking man. Yeah. He's the sperm donor for the... Who, who are they? Uh, yes, yes. Come yes, to my I window, remember. the come to my window girl, and whoever yeah. her partner is. I, I know exactly that. Melissa exactly. Etheridge. Yeah. Melissa Etheridge. Uh, November 18th, the 40th NASCAR Ouch. Sprint Cup. Dale Earnhardt is the winner. Uh, who that and that's one uh, famous NASCAR driver I, I know of. Right. Tragically passed away at the Daytona 500 in right. 2001, right. I believe. Uh, Sounds a, right. A tennis player you know, Andre Agassi, claims his first and only season ending ATP Tour World Championship title. Uh, with a five-set win over defending champion Stefan Edberg, now married to tennis goddess Steffi Graf. But Steffi Graf. Then I think he was married to Brooke Shield. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Uh, big big day at the Meadowlands on November 18th. The Giants beat the Lions 20 to nothing to run their record at 10-0. and Of course, they would win Super, Super Bowl 25 oh. that year. Uh, Barry Bonds wins the National League MVP. For, I mean, if the baseball is here, we might as well read it. Bonds National League, Henderson American League MVPs that year. Um, oh, British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher fails to defeat 
Michael Hazeltine's bid for leadership of the uh, the, uh, conservative party. So she's out. Also that day, Millie Vanilli are stripped of their Grammys for girl. You know, it's true, which is too bad. This was a big story for her. Yes. It was everywhere. Cause they were big. They, yeah. they were, they were, they were popular there. It so was. I guess just two songs, right? That's it. Yeah. We didn't have another hit. Yeah. Blame it but, on the rain and whatever I just said. Girl, you know, it's true. Yeah. I don't think there was, there probably was one more video, maybe like a ballad one, but it probably, we don't, we just don't remember it. Fair. Uh, Saddam Hussein on the 20th announces plans to re- release German hostages. Um, November 20th, the U.S. 68th manned space mission returns from space. Welcome home, boys. Welcome home. Uh, November 22nd, uh, which is the anniversary of the JFK assassination and the night of our show, uh, I believe. George H.W. Bush visits troops in Saudi Arabia. Margaret Thatcher announces her resignation as British Prime Minister. Um, and Didn't the, that happen already? Uh, well, she lost the bid to maintain a leadership of the party, but instead of finishing out the term, a few weeks later, she, she okay. resigned. Yep. Uh, what else do we got here? Um, Poland has a new president. Uh, the first ever Billboard Music Awards take place. MC Hammer and Janet Jackson are big winners. I thought it went back a little further than that. Okay. Billboard, it took 1990, huh? November 26th, Buffalo Bills become the sixth first place NFL team to lose on the same weekend. So tough, uh, tough day for the first place teams. Uh, but the Bills, of course, would go on to Super Bowl 25 where they lost to the Giants. Uh, that big field goal. Yep. Scott Norwood laces out. Yep, I remember that. I def- definitely watch that one live. Uh, and finally, to end the, to end the Great Britain... Uh, um, you know, controversy here. Conservative parties choose John Major to succeed Margaret Thatcher as leader. And I remember Prime we had the, that Super Bowl. We had uh, all the Ninja Turtle figures out. They were like the big thing in nineteen, really big in nineteen ninety. And the beautiful, the beautiful rendition of uh, the anthem by Whitney Houston, who we mentioned earlier. Right, right, right. Yeah. American actor Burt Lancaster suffers a stroke on the thirtieth, and finally, U.S. President George H.W. Bush offers to send. Secretary of State James Baker to Baghdad to meet with Saddam Hussein. Because remember, um, Hussein was pushing into uh, Kuwait. Kuwait, and they were trying to get him not to, and he wouldn't. Got his ass kicked. Similar to how then later he was blocking the the uh, inspections. And if he would just had the inspection, maybe he'd still be alive. But he's a dumbass. <laughs> For my fifth grade teacher is like how. <laughs> How do you know so much about this war? You know? Yeah. I'm like a WWF. Yeah, wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> that is he the news <laughs> for November right. of 1990. Yeah, big laugh out of the crowd, out of the class. You know, what's the truth? <laughs> All right, Dave. Uh, we are on November 22nd, 1990. So let's see. Let's do some math. That would have been, uh, let's see, 77 gets us to 70. 27th anniversary of the death of John F. Kennedy. Survivor Series 1990. We said it's in Chicago, or excuse me, Hartford, Hartford. Uh, at the Civic Center. Uh, Dave, I was punished on this day, tragically. I remember um, my asshole stepfather, I remember slipping him a note saying, can I please order the Survivor Series? Circle yes or no. And he circled no and gave it back to me. Ah. Uh, because we had gotten our our uh, 
That's how you asked a girl out on a date, right? Right. Back then too. <laughs> yeah, we had gotten our report card. I was supposed to get it. We had picked up the box and everything. And then we got our report cards on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. And my grades were always fine, but I was, you know, I was a pain in the ass. I was a little boy. You're a little menace. Yep. And uh, so I did not get to order it. What was your experience? I, I did end up watching it that weekend because my friend down the street ordered it. He was supposed to come over. Couldn't. I remember when his dad came walking down the street to take the box to his house <laughs> and how sad I was. And then they taped it and I watched it that weekend. But did you watch this one live? Oh, yeah. I watched this one live. Uh, Anthony Pagano came over after he was done with his family's uh, Thanksgiving dinner. Um, you know, my whole family was, 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 was over. The aunts and uncles, grandma was still alive and everything. And I, this, this was a really big... A lot of people were talking about this. What's coming out of the egg and what's DiBiase's mystery partner? Yeah, and I remember earlier me. that day, me and my dad were in quick check and some like girl that maybe a year or two younger than me. It was in quick check. And um, it's called something else now, but it was a few towns over in Lyndhurst, but really like a seven minute drive. So I didn't know the girl. But, uh, you know, we were looking at the wrestling magazines and she was like, what do you think's coming out of the egg? And I said, whatever I thought it was, Bundy or... Or, or whoever DBS's partner is, she goes, well, I think it's Bobby Heenan. I'm like, huh? No. I'm like, how can it be Bobby Heenan? He's on a car. You know, he's like, going to be there already. <laughs> Come on, little girl. Get it together. <laughs> but, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of speculation about that about that egg and, of course, the mystery partner. Wrestling fans like to be surprised. And and this was – this was had some surprises in it. One was good and one probably wasn't so good. But uh, So you mentioned this was on Thanksgiving. Uh, the last the one, last, the last one. Yep. Next year they'd switch to Thanksgiving Eve. Then eventually, Hated it. loved it on th- loved it on Thanksgiving. Perfect event, perfect way to on the on the Thanksgiving day. I think it's because the NFL didn't have night games on Thanksgiving until '91. Is that what was that right? Yeah, I thought it was even later than that that the NFL started the night games. So I wonder what the reason was for. I don't know. Maybe they just maybe pay per view just thought they'd do better business. I don't know. I really don't right know. Before, yeah. Um. Let's see what else. The event is well known for the on-screen debut of The Undertaker. We'll get to that. Uh, who did he replace that night, Dave? Uh, well, well, they say Bad News Brown in the, in the, in the photographs, but it was, ne- it was never announced like some of the other survivors. Like Akeem, it was announced for Sergeant Slaughter's team. You know, there's been, you know, the eight, eight famous 88 Survivor Series, all those replacements had been announced. Bad News was never announced. The, the first... Survivor Series report was always a, a mystery opponent. I'll when we get to the match, I'll tell you who I thought it was going to be. One out of two people. Okay. Uh, two out. I mean, two different people. I thought it could be. Obviously, Survivor Series is the annual November pay per view. Um, essentially, the second one. You know, WrestleMania. That would be a series. WrestleMania, then Survivor Series, then the Royal Rumble, then SummerSlam, the SummerSlam of the Big Four. Uh. It was, again, the fourth one on Thanksgiving um, at the Harvard Civic Center. Um, and the uh, two kind of additions this year. One, we have the, the, the egg. There's been a giant egg on TV. And something's going to ha- That egg's going to hatch. And we're going to find out who's Big, huge. Yeah. At least in my neck of the woods, in my school, everybody was talking about that egg. Everybody. Yep. Same. Same. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the other big thing was, for the first time ever, they were going to do a match for those who survived. Right? Awesome. If you survived, yeah. you go on to a match versus... And they, they never explained it. 
either. No. Like, nobody knew what the hell it meant. Like, oh, okay, now I'll watch it. Okay, it's going to be all the good guys and all the bad guys. It makes sense now. But they never said that on TV. So, like, huh? like is it going to be a battle royal? Is it going to be, you know, we don't, they just said the big grand match survival with no explanation of what it would be. Is, okay. What, did you have a, did you have a, a thought like was there anything specifically you thought it was going to be i think i was so invested in that egg and um and dibiase's mystery partner that i i like was just like whatever when right. i say grandmaster survival like i don't even know what the hell that means yep so we had the uh, egg we had the the part the partner and um um you know we'll go from there all right first we have a dark match uh shane douglas defeats buddy rose uh, good match, probably. Yeah, it's pretty good. Anything with Shane Douglas, you know, one of my favorites. And anytime Buddy Rose laced up a pair of boots, it's going to be a good match. Yeah, underrated. Oh, another oh. great thing about this is the team names. Yep. Love the team names. And we start out with the first match. The Warriors is the name, of course. The Ultimate Warrior, Hawk, and Animal of LOD, and the Texas Tornado, who we mentioned earlier when talking and about the movie. They're all prior prior Warriors. The modern right. day warrior, Kerry yeah. Von Erich, and of course the Road Warriors, the Legion of Doom. Very nice. Perfectly done. Uh they defeat the perfect team. Uh Mr. Perfect, Axe, Smash, and Crush. Uh with Bobby Keenan. Let's go over it a little bit. All right, Axe. And we gotta give a shout out to our boy Peter Winson here. Uh Axe is the first man eliminated by the Warrior Pinfall 323. And this is one of Peter's favorite things in wrestling. Is that Axe didn't do his hair and yeah, was in- yeah, yeah. incredibly checked out and obviously ready to end his run here? He, he's it's the truth. He's admitted that on, yep. on things. He's just like, uh, it's just like I know I was going out quick to my last night. He was supposed to, they promised him to be an agent, but they revoked on it yep. or something. The whole shellfish. One thing I want to throw in about the perfect team, sure. And anytime I do things with uh, the Stewarts, Danny, Jerry, and they have an older older brother, Walter. I say that we're the perfect team because they're all the same and I'm different. Right. You know, Mr. Perfect, Axe, Smash, and Crush. I'm not trying to say I'm Mr. Perfect, but Soup, no, no, I'm Mr. Perfect. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you're missing the whole idea here. Yeah, he's missing the you point. Know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're three brothers. You know what I'm thinking? <laughs> yeah. I always find that funny. Well, f- I like that. Four minutes later, huh. Smash, Crush. Wait, should we say any more about Axe before we get to that? So... Axe got a raw deal here, right? Um, to him, it was bad. It was too much shellfish in Japan. Um, maybe the WWF thought it was something else. I think he always feels like they weren't patient enough for it with him. Made promises they didn't keep. Whatever. It's hard to turn them bad. They were so over as faces. Faces. I thought they should have brought LOD in as heels. Then Agreed, maybe turn, turn LOD them. LOD is a great heel team too. Yeah. Um, but you know, hey. Goodbye to Axe. I, I just, but we got we got our big uh, SummerSlam '90 tag that we love so much because er, we never would have got that if they kept true. them faces. So got to look at it that way too. Smash, Crush, Hawk, and Animal are all eliminated at disqualification um, at seven thirty six. Uh, building up the feud there, uh, and then uh, the Texas Tornado is eliminated by Mister Perfect by pinfall at eleven oh two. And just want to throw in there uh, yeah. that Mr. Perfect had already regained the Intercontinental title from uh, Kerry before this happened, but it, uh, it hadn't aired on TV yet. Right. Yep. So that's why Kerry came out with the belt. That's another thing. In the movie, they show Kerry coming home for Christmas, and he's the champion. But I was like, well, he didn't have the belt at Christmas. 
Actually, it even already aired before Christmas. It yeah. was like December 15th or something yeah. when it aired. Yeah, uh. so that's another thing that they tried to sneak in there. Uh. They couldn't get it by me, Dave. There you go, brother. I knew he was not champion at Christmas. I called their shit. Uh, then lastly, Mr. Perfect goes down to pinfall to the ultimate idiot at 1420, making him the sole survivor of the first match. So he is on to later, Dave. Any other comments on this match? It's crazy that it was the first match with the champion. It's almost like a sign of things to come. You know, I know they're doing the Grand Match Survival, whatever, but it's like, hmm? like first match? Really? Yeah. You know, but... um. No, I mean, uh, I love the Survivor Series. Um, no real big thoughts on on this match. I, I like the, uh, the the whole idea of the perfect team with all three members of Demolition and, uh, and that. And um, uh, no, it was just it's a cool cool match. You know, the right right guy won. You know, of course. Yeah, I'm not a Warrior fan, but I mean, you know, he's he definitely should have went over here. And uh, on to the Grand Match Survival for the Ultimate Warrior. All right. See what happens. Here's something that always bugged me. The Million Dollar Team, which is Ted DiBiase, The Undertaker, we'll get to that in a second, The Honky Tonk Man, and Greg Valentine with Virgil, Brother Love, and Jimmy Hart defeat The Dream Team, Dusty Rhodes, Coco Beware, Bret Hart, and Jim Neidhart. Why, Dave, did this always bother me as a wrestling fan? Hmm. Let me think about this for a second. Uh, the Undertaker was a mystery partner. Did wasn't you want to that? No, it wasn't that. It was in the name. Something about the name. Oh, because it's not the real Dream Team. Dream because Greg Valentine, Valentine was in the Dream Team. How could this yeah. be the Dream Team? And Greg yeah, Valentine was on the other team. I never even team. thought of that. Oh, it drove me nuts as a kid. I hated that. Yeah. yeah. Hated that. All right. Let's right. Let's, first of all, let's handle the, the mystery partner. Uh, it turns out to be the Undertaker. Your, your initial thoughts. Uh, I always thought it was going to be Dustin Rhodes turning on his dad because okay. he was in a big angle with DiBiase and all the and dust. Why isn't Dustin on dust? Why is it Coco and not Dustin okay. on the team? Good thought. It made it made absolutely no sense. So that's why I thought it was going to be they're going to be him or uh, the British Bo- David Boy Smith just returned as a face. So I thought maybe he, he'd come out as a heel here. Okay, because well, he, he he wasn't booked either. What were your thoughts when it became the Undertaker? I knew who it was. I knew it was it was me, Mark. Okay, and I was just like, "What the fuck?" His manager's brother love. I was just like, "Whoa, who's this guy?" Like, you know, Hulkster's gonna, you know, just like, here's somebody we got feet to the Hulkster, you know. Of course, you know, I, that's what I thought, or maybe I thought he was gonna. We feuded with the Warrior first. I definitely saw saw something in him immediately. He had already wrestled on TV. It hadn't aired yet as the name Kane, Kane the Undertaker. But uh, obviously, I couldn't have known that at the time. And uh, no, just very, very impressive. I thought he was just going to run through everybody, uh, but that didn't happen. Uh, I'd also like to throw in a quick tidbit before we get into the elimination stuff that the Hart Foundation uh, had lost the tag team titles to the Rockers on a Saturday Night's Main Event tape right a, f- a few yep. weeks, but they didn't air it. So that's, uh, I think, one of the reasons why uh, Brett does so well in uh, this match because it was about to be time for his. Uh, Singles push, but it got it got derailed for a few more few more months because of that rope, that big rope breaking. Yeah. At, uh, and Brad always search. talks about how that could have easily been fixed because it was taped. They just need to stop for a second and fix the rope. It's funny that this match three three out of the uh, uh, two out of the three champions aren't really the champions, right? <laughs> uh, but the Hart Foundation good. would hold the belts. What they get an extra four months, five months till seventh, till yeah. May seventh, the nasties. Yeah, yeah. So good for them. 
All right, let's go through the eliminations. First out is Coco Beware. The Undertaker pins him at 139. Uh, and he, uh, he, he pancaked him there with the tombstone. Bad Coco was pissed. He went at the Undertaker in the back, but the Undertaker uh, was, he was green, so he felt, he, he felt really bad about it. But uh, that's one of the reasons why Hogan was so worried about uh, the Survivor Series next year. Hogan and Coco are very close. And Coco was like, watch out, you know, watch out for this guy with this move, et cetera. He, he, he nailed him there. But, but t- uh, in Taker's defense, he, I think this came out of Pritchard's own mouth. Like he just like stayed back and let, let Coco get his steam out and stuff and apologized. Yeah, and we've, we've argued about this before. He didn't hurt Hulk the next year. I'm sorry. No, I, I, I mean, love he, Hulk, he may have but he did not. I don't, not I don't know him. if he did or not. You no. know, I think they were testing the Undertaker too to see how he would handle it. You know, and whatever Coco put in his head. But we'll get to that when we do that show. Sure. Uh, so. Number two, the Honky Tonk Man is eliminated. If still paying that bill off for that historic <laughs> run, uh, whatever deal he <laughs> yeah, made with whoever he made it with, he's still paying the debt. He goes off 416 in, pinned by Jim the Anvil. Rest in peace to Jim. St- right. Thinking about him recently. Um, oh, like last it. night, uh, Natty uh, put up on her Instagram a clip reel of like spots from Heart Foundation British Bulldog matches. And it's freaking cool. awesome. Uh, cool. n- no better. Se- There's no two teams who had a better series of matches over a course of years. Um, than the British Bulldogs, Bulldogs and the Higher Foundation. I'll put that against right. any two teams. Anything. Uh, incredible stuff. Uh, he's pinned then. Nightheart is by Ted DiBiase at 549. A lot of pinfalls for a Survivor Series on this card. I noticed that when I was doing the, the notes. You know, the first few years, there was a lot of countouts and DQs. Double DQs. Things yeah. like that. A lot of pinfalls on this one, though. You'll see as we go through them all. You know, it doesn't end. Even in the... Um, in the uh, the final match, it's mostly pinfalls. Right. Um, all right. Uh, where are we at? Dusty Rhodes is next to get pinned by The Undertaker at 826. No neck injuries as far as I know. Uh, but The Undertaker then, I was shocked. I remember as a kid, gets counted out uh, about 45 seconds later. That's Well, I mean, now in hindsight, we realize that's because we the grand match survival, we couldn't beat him in there. Right. Yeah, to have Hulk and Warrior win that. So. Yep. I mean, I guess you could have counted him out there the same way too, though, right? Brawling with Tito or something out there. Sure. Yeah, so I guess he could have. He goes out at 917, and then quickly Greg Valentine is pinned by Brett, who is in the final two here. It's Brett and DiBiase, and they give a really good show for four minutes, 1954 total. Ted DiBiase pins Brett to become the sole survivor and the first member of the heel team. So even and I don't know if we know this yet that it's going to be heel babyface. We don't. Right? I don't. Yeah, I don't think I even know. A gorilla yeah. finally starts saying it. I think after the models, the model match. Okay. Yeah. I think when he they start saying right. it, then yeah. So we still have no idea what the hell it, what the hell <laughs> what's going on with this. They should have put up like brackets, maybe you know something like that would make you understand it a little better. All right. But um. Good match, you know. Yeah. Everything goes just. Dave uh, Undertaker never one of my favorites. I don't dislike him, but I uh, just never really. You know, I'm just kind of just like in the middle with him. But one of the all time greats and one of the great locker room leaders and greatest professional, one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. To the reason, debut right here. The reason he was never one of my favorites was because I would just get frustrated as a kid when he was wrestling one of my favorites and they'd be kicking his ass and then that weirdo on the outside would start holding the urn up and then, you know, all of a sudden he's 
And that just drove me nuts. As a the, kid. the entrance on superstars and shit. I'd be like, come on. Like, and that's how I'd go up there right, and like, get a soda. Get or in the ring. Yeah. It's too boring. Yeah. But I'm so. a big fan of the human being, even still. Yeah, exactly. He yeah. has I he has lost fans because of his stance on things in the world. It's endeared me to him. Yeah. Um conversely. That's put me on the- <laughs> so all right, let's move on. We got the visionaries, a great name there. Uh, yeah. They defeat the Vipers, also a great name. Fantastic. Uh, Rick Martel, the Warlord, Hercules, and Paul Roma with Slick are the visionaries. And they defeat the Vipers, Jake Roberts, Jimmy Snuka, Shawn Michaels, and Marty Jannetty. Of course, the Rockers, who could have been tag team champs but weren't, at 1742. Uh, let's go over it here. A simple one because it's a sweep. Uh, is this the first sweep in Survivor Series history like this? Yes. Yes. Uh, and by and in our error, the only one. The only one. All right. Uh, first, Marty Jannetty goes. He's pinned by the Warlord at 5.03. Uh, then Rick Martel pins Jimmy Snuka at 9.28. And Paul Roma pins Shawn Michaels. Imagine that. Convincing someone of that now. I love it. At 15.40. Uh, and then finally, Jake Roberts is counted out at 17.42, which means the heel team suddenly has five guys. Right, Hercules, Paul Roma, Rick Martel, and the Warlord, uh, starting to look like a tough team. Dave, thoughts on this one? Uh, very surprised that uh, the the uh, the whole team survived. Um, I guess you could say the Warlord and Snooker were on e- equal grounds there at at the time on the card, you know. And uh, I was just surprised that that you know kind of make Jake look a little weak, you know. But uh, it comes out he comes out when the feud, of course, uh, at the end of the day. Uh, well, I'm not going to say good preferred prevailed over evil when it comes to Jake the Snake Roberts, but the fa- the, the, the face prevailed prevailed over sure. evil at sure. WrestleMania. But uh, yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was really cool how the whole team survived. I, I even was um, a fan of the uh, model as long as he wasn't going against Tito. I loved the model as a kid. He was so funny. You know, he's just how could you not? Right. You know. Yeah, good what character. A, character. Yeah. Yeah, a little harsh, like you said. I mean, calling Tito a loser. Yeah, uh, not uh, necessary, but otherwise, just because, like I like I always say, Tito was anybody that was my first guys, those first guys from the cartoon and stuff. Those not you know, and also Steamboat. You know what I mean? Those right. first guys that were the, were the good guys when I got into wrestling. I always got upset when they, when you know when they would lose. Sure, yeah. same. All right, usually we'll skip Hulk, but we won't this time because we have Hulk at the end anyway. So we'll just go with it here: the Hulk Maniacs, Hulk Hogan, Jim Duggan, Big Boss Man, and Tugboat. Defeat the Natural Disasters, Earthquake, Haku, Dino Bravo, and the Barbarian with Jimmy Hart and Bobby Heenan. We go 14-49 in this one. Um, And we quickly say goodbye to Haku, uh, who's pinned by Big Boss Man at 315. One thing I love, if you look at the pattern, and it continues as the night goes on, there's always a quick elimination in this match. There's always someone's ass who's not going to make it to minute four. (laughs) Butch Reed in 87 it's it's just so consistent the Rooster in 88 someone (laughs) is going out fast in in these matches (laughs) and you'll see when I give the times for the next two too it continues so so far in this show the first guy has been eliminated at 323 139 503 and 315 and uh, I'd like to add Haku is also a replacement for Ravishing Rick Rude who had just left the company nah too bad Uh, Jim Duggan is disqualified at 612 uh, what he cracks someone with the two by four, right? Mm-hmm. 
That'll get you eliminated. Uh, Dino Bravo, pinned by the Hulkster at 759. Hulkster loves small packaging, Dino Bravo, and those tag matches, too, with Hulk and Tugboat, his earthquake, and Bravo. That was always a finish. I have no idea why. He was the only wrestler Hogan would constantly small package and pin. Were they protecting Bravo from the leg drop? I don't know. No, actually, Hulk was getting cigarettes from Bravo. Yeah, so, he was going into yeah. his tights. So he was, doing, he, was doing a, he was doing a favor, light, going light on him. That was, was good. Getting, yeah, getting cheap cigarettes from him. All right, after that, we have the big boss man uh, who was pinned by Earthquake at 9.08. Um, and then Tugboat and Earthquake eliminate each other, uh, which at double count out at 11.33, which leaves us with the Barbarian and Hulk. And you know the Barbarian's ass is grass right there. <laughs> and uh, he, is, <laughs> like it. he is pinned at 14.49 by the Hulkster, the sole survivor. So, so far... And some old school bumping for Heenan from Hulk. It had been a while. Yep. So far, we have Warrior and Hogan versus uh, Hercules, Roma, Martel, Warlord, and DiBiase. All right. It's one more match to go. And we, man. So I, so I throw in um, sure. about this match. Uh, yep. Hulk's team, I love how, even as a kid, I realized this, how they actually got the three right guys for him, storyline-wise. We, we know the whole thing with Tugboat and the cards yep. and the letters, and I don't have to explain that. Then the big boss man replaced Tugboat at SummerSlam to be in the corner. And then they would do dedication matches to Hulk when he was kayfabed injured. And they had it at the Meadowlands, Earthquake and Dino. And they had it around the whole horn, around everywhere. Earthquake and Dino against Tugboat and Duggan. And Duggan had all those Hogan friendship bracelets all over his 2 by 4 all summer. So it was like the perfect guys like for him. It like made like the most sense to have that team to- assembled. Good point. Very nicely done. All right, last one, the Alliance, which is another great name. Nikolai Volkov, our boy Tito, Luke and Butch, the Bushwhackers, defeat the Mercenaries, Sergeant Slaughter, Borisukov, Sato, and Tanaka with General Adnan and Mr. Fuji. Only 10 minutes. They get the rush job here. We need to save some time for the yeah. the final match. and that paper Boris move. is a replacement for Akeem, who had just left the company. Yep, and Boris is pinned at 48 seconds. <laughs> uh, he, he is the <laughs> early pinfall in this one. Tito does the honors, um, and the, like I said, this moves quickly. Uh, Tito's kicking some ass in this match. Yeah, and listen to the, listen to the results here. Uh, it's pinfall, 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 disqualification. All right. So really good, really quick. Sato is out next. Bushwalker Butch pins him at 146. 30 seconds later, Tito uh, is eliminated by, or excuse me, pins Tanaka. Uh, next, we have a pinfall, uh, and it is Slaughter pinning Volkov, then Slaughter pins Luke, and then Slaughter pins Butch. 525, 630, and 653. So in a minute, just under two minutes, he basically pins three-fourths of the team, uh, which leads us with Slaughter versus Tito. And at 1052, after about a three-minute brawl or so, uh, Slaughter takes it too far and is disqualified in making our guy Tito Arriba, the sole survivor. In the right. third, I was shocked by this. Yeah, the third member of the face team. Yeah, Tito was a jobber to the stars at the time, you know, and Nikolai was the captain. You know what I mean? So you you, you would think that, they like I said, it's the same thing with The Undertaker. They can't have Slaughter go into that match and lose at the end, right? Because where, where they're headed with him with the whole uh, Iraqi war and, and everything, he cut that promo, at the that big 10-minute promo before, before the match in the aisle. 
if you if you didn't fast forward through that. And um, so I guess they would have, or they could have got slaughter counted out and stuff in the uh, Grandmaster Survival, but just. I guess they were maybe giving a nod to Portito. You know what I mean? Like all, all you've done for us, all, you know, all, all these years. You know, let's let's put you at the end. Yeah, I mean, if you know, he's not going to win anyway. That person's not going to win anyway. So, yeah, give yeah. him a little rub. Uh, although that rub does not last long, Dave. Well, <laughs> Tito is pinned. Oh, hold on, hold on. So we got something before this. We do have something before this. Let's, you want to de- you want to deal with the egg first? It's up to you. You're, All right, let's do the egg. <laughs> you're the host. I'm not going to Bobby Heenan you here. You're yeah, the host. No, you're right. Let's do the egg. <laughs> it is time. It is time to do the egg, although I would probably much rather not do the egg. Uh, all right. So after months, weeks, whatever, on Superstars of wondering and wondering what is in the egg, it's time to find out. And Mean Gene comes to the middle of the ring, and the egg hatches. And out comes the gobbledygooker. <laughs> um, and him and Gene dance. And I remember rewinding the tape to see if I seen that right. <laughs> it, did I miss something? Did I? Yeah. Did I fall asleep? Did I? Did something happen? And then I watched it again and say, nope, it's actually that turkey thing. Came out of this egg. Why in the world uh, did they drag this out so long for the gobbledygooker? I will never That's know. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. If, if the show started and there just happened to be an egg there, then I'll, this would be fine. It's their mascot. It's supposed to be the yeah, San Diego joke. Chick- <laughs> San Diego chicken. It yep. didn't work. All right. But f- for all the weeks and months of, come on. I, you know what I mean? Like, Jesus Christ here. I mean... It, I was thinking, like, just recently I was thinking this. I didn't think this part as a kid, but, like, how they debuted Doink. He was, like, playing with the kids. He was being nice, but then he was starting to do little heelish things. Could they have done this with the Cooker? They would have had to change his costume up, but that never happened. You know, make him a heel, a heel turkey. I don't know. I don't know. A rabid turkey. But, uh, no, man. I mean, Piper tried his best on, on commentary. But um, horrible. Yeah, I mean, and they couldn't even. They tried to keep him as the mascot. He came out at the garden. He couldn't see in that outfit, and like Vince was like yelling at poor Guerrero, and he would fall. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. We should yeah, mention he's that. Like, I can't fucking see. Hector Guerrero you know? was Hector. Was, yeah, 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 yeah. And it didn't go well, and he wasn't beloved, and people booed him, and he was, you know, he was. A it clown. wasn't fair. He got he got booed because of the buildup. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It was the buildup. Um, I mean, people so. thought it might be, you know. Ric Flair. I mean, I, I, how is Ric Flair living in an egg? You know what I mean? Right, That's but people had – it's yeah. wrestling, so people yeah. dream big, right? With Bundy was a big rumor around here. Like, a kapot, he could be, like, living in an egg, right? I guess he looks like an egg. But so all I, it, all's well that ends well is, of course, um, the egg – the gobbledygooker would go on to win the 24-7 championship at the 2020 Survivor Series. Oh, I almost forgot about that. Yeah, yeah Drew Gulick was the uh, guy in the – suit at that point jay uso once was the gobbledygooker i heard of him xavier woods was once the gobbledygooker i dislike him but i heard of him friends of page um and maurice ulluet was also once the gobbledygooker that's uh that's uh miz's wife right oh maurice okay yeah the last name threw me off yep so all right gobbledygooker i don't really have anything else to say about it 
was stupid. It stunk. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah. All anyone Can talked about for mean, months at school, and then when we got back yeah. to school after Thanksgiving, all anyone talked about was how stupid it was. Maybe they thought, like, ah, what, we'll give them The Undertaker first so they won't care. You know what I mean? I don't know. But, uh, yeah. Not yeah. good. It's not good. All right, back to the I good. Got no, I got no excuse this time. Back to the good. The five-on-three Survivor Series elimination match. The sole survivors from each match. The good guys versus the bad guys. Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, and Tito Santana. They're the three. Reba Dirty, Hulkamania, and Warrior Wildness, right? Yep, who are <laughs> going to face Ted DiBiase, Rick Martel, the Warlord, Hercules, and Paul Roma with Virgil and Slick. So it's really five out three on seven here. Uh, and we'll see how this goes. Well, it doesn't go great for Tito, uh, who's eliminated 28 seconds in. Or excuse me. Yes, it doesn't go great by Tito, who's eliminated 28 seconds in uh, by Pinfall. he takes the Warlord out first. Yes, he pins the Warlord. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. The Warlord... <laughs> Thank you. The the chart here no I problem. have is unreasonably confusing. Uh, the Warlord goes out first, 28 seconds. Tito pins him. At 151, Ted DiBiase then pins Tito. Right. Right. So we're down to we're down to six on two if you count the managers. Uh, and then Hulk Hogan pins Paul Roma at 557. Uh, then Rick Martel is counted out at 717. So I don't get the here. <laughs> he, walked, he walked away. He pulled a honky tonk. Yeah, he pulled a honky tonk. He wasn't going to yeah. deal with it. He's out yeah. of there. And now it goes really quickly from here, right? Uh, Hulk Hogan pins DiBiase to get a pin. Warrior pins Hercules to get a pin. 830 and 907, making the sole survivors Hulk Hogan and the ultimate idiot to end Summer Survivor Series 90. Dave, your thoughts on the match of survival? I loved it. I loved the whole idea, the Grand Match Survival. I wish the, the next year they didn't do it. I don't think that maybe the roster wasn't deep enough. You had those weird, crazy. The next year, Survivor Series is not very good, in my opinion. Uh, I don't think there is another good one, really, after this. I mean, let's just start counting uh, stuff out of our era. The next good one is yeah, Deadly Games, the one that I went to. Uh, 96 is good uh, in the garden. Okay. Brett and Austin. Sure. Yeah, I mean, but it's a completely different era. Right, but, you know, different but, stuff there. Uh, yeah, at our era, I think this is it. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, people complain about Hogan kicking out of Power and Glory's powerplex. Nobody gave a shit back then. It's Hulk Hogan. When it, it, what, it, yeah. Nothing who, who? got taken. People didn't think like that back then. And who's complaining H about that? Give me a break. Uh, everybody does if you listen to podcasts. Oh, everybody does. Losers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, if, um, you know, Coco kicked out of it or something, okay, yeah, maybe. But um, come on, N nobody thought that way back then. It was pow that was still an everybody still considered that an awesome move. It just got done to the superhero. Yeah, it was Hulk. You know what I mean? Hulk yeah. being Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and as much as I'm not a fan, I could picture the warrior kicking out of it too. Andre the time. Giant was the on yeah, yeah. Was Andre the Giant. He still lost to yeah. Hulk. Didn't change anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that, that that gets heat. It that gets modern heat. People look at wrestling in today's eyes. Back then, it's not yeah, the same. Yeah, it's completely different. Yeah, yeah, and um, it, it looked like you know at the end, okay, Hogan and Warrior Grant, like they both want to hold the ropes for each other. Like a little thing went through my mind, like is Warrior gonna turn on him here? Like is is something gonna happen? You know, they're pushing towards WrestleMania Seven. This match, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Slaughter is gonna be in more of like a undercard. You know, you know, maybe face Hacksaw at WrestleMania or something. You know, something like that. I wasn't thinking. Um, 
that uh, you know, it was going to be slaughter with the beating Warrior for the title in a few months down the line. I thought it was going to be this a rematch here. So I thought a little something might happen. I didn't like it how they played Warriors music instead of Real American at the end, but that's just my opinion. And um, nothing happened. They walked off into the night together and made the WWF magazine cover. But you got to think at this time they had a real big deal with Toys R Us going on with the Hasbro figures and then all kind of merchandise. And it was Hogan Warrior this, Hogan Warrior that, Hogan Warrior, Hogan Warrior, Hogan Warrior. Perfect way to yep, end the like show. At my house, I had the, yeah. the wrestling buddy of Hulk. My brother had the Warrior one. Stone Cold Rock, yep. at, you know, years later. Exactly. few notes to finish this off. There was a match dedicated to Dean Hart, Brett's brother, right. who died the day before this. Why did I mention that? That's what Brett said. Brett said, fuck, after he got pinned, too, right? We could, yep. we could see him say it. Yep. <laughs> uh, Gorilla Monsoon and Roddy Piper were the commentators. You mentioned Piper earlier. Uh, this is the first the first pay-per-view without Jesse, right? Or did no, he, second. No, second. He didn't do uh-huh. SummerSlam. He went left just before SummerSlam. Just for the superstars before it was Roddy's first that right. Saturday, and then SummerSlam was Monday night. Right. Uh, Gene Okerlin and Sean Mooney were interviews. Howard Finkel was the announcer, and the referees on the night were Hebner, Chioda, Morella, Davis, and Shane Stevens. So there it is, Dave, Survivor Series 90. Uh, we usually grade Hulk's match. Uh, forget that. Let's grade the show. Um, relative to other Survivor Series. Where do you rank it? Let's say there's 87 and 93 is our era. Let's just say for sake of... Yeah, 93 is not bad, too. I forgot right, about that so one. Hulk's not there. So good. for sake of argument, let's say those are the ones in consideration right now. Where does this one fit in in terms of best to worst? Oh, my God. Oh, between it, 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 87, 88, and this one are my three favorites, definitely. So there's your top three. Same. How am I going to put those top three in order? I might have to put 87 one because it, it holds a special place in my heart. Same. I, I think I'm going to put this one second. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to push third. 88 ahead, but barely. And on any yeah. given day, I could probably switch them. I think 87 is just a little bit better than the other two. And then I think the other two are really, really close. I think I'll put 88 ahead just because I love the tag match so the much. The tag match is yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. This one has so many surprises going in, so much anticipation going into this. And I think the where egg, 88 didn't the egg have maybe the takes it. The egg maybe it takes it down a notch. Yeah, it does. For me. So, all right. Great, great show. Great, great show. Great show. And it's a really fun thing to just throw on. It's a good throw on show. Yeah. You know, it's easy watch. Easy watch. It's fun to have on in the background. All right, that's that for now. Let's take a break. We're going to come back. I'm going to find Paula. Uh, We'll get her back. We'll do emails. We'll close out the season. We'll give you a sneak preview into season four next year. Uh, And that's it. We're going to sign off for 2023. So, Dave, you hang in, and we will be right back. You got it, dude.
24-inch podcast, last segment of the season. <sighs> season four, right around the corner. Don't worry, it won't be long. Let's do some plugs real quick. The Sportscasters podcast is done for the year. Season finale has come and gone. Uh, SoundCloud.com slash sports-casters for all 13 seasons of the show. You can find me on Twitter at sports underscore casters. Email sportscasters at gmail.com at sportscasters on Instagram. And I will say I've been preparing diligently for the first interview of the season, which is one of my biggest of all time. I haven't said it anywhere yet, but I'll say it here for the people who listen here will know. Uh, Bob Costas will be the first Holy wow. Guest of twenty twenty four. That's a huge guest. That is a huge get. One of the You're not inter- ribbing me here, are you? Not ribbing you. One of the interviews oh. of my career. Oh my god. And of course twenty 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 oh I'm sorry, Dave, go ahead. You gotta ask him about the Vince fight. Oh hell yeah. And about WrestleMania seven. I'm about to make yeah. you a list. <laughs> and <laughs> about <laughs> I got another one. Uh him yeah. and Vince on Letterman. Um, right on, on New Year's, waiting for the first baby to be born. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I, you know, I didn't know about that until a couple of years ago. Yeah, that Vince did that. Same, same. I yeah. learned about it a few years ago too. Uh, don't forget the Paula Pod will be premiering in 2024, uh, and of course the next season of the 24 Inch Podcast. All of those will be va- available on Sportscasters feed on SoundCloud. Twitter is at two four inch podcast. Instagram at two four underscore inch underscore podcast. Email two four inch podcast at gmail and search us on Facebook, Two Four Inch Podcast, to join our group there. Uh, a lot of debate on our uh, our Facebook page about modern wrestling. We're just we just don't like it. It's just not, it's, we don't, you could like it if yeah. you want, you listener. We're not we're not telling anyone not to like it. Yeah, we Jay our of the world. If you want to watch it, it, seems like it's only him. But I mean, like yeah. we're not saying, hey, you, you're a jerk because you like it. You could like it all you want. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. some people like Coke, some people like Pepsi, some people like you know. The first five Def Leppard albums and don't like slang. Yeah. I like I like slang though. You know, whatever, no big deal. Yeah. Um, work it out. I think is very good, but some people don't like that album. So, whatever. All right, let's get into it. Uh, what we have left. Let's start with emails. I'll start, Dave. Uh, we have one from our Gmail, Lucas Calhoun, one of our friends. The subject of this email is just say no to the brain busters. <laughs> so I, I guess. guess that's- I guess he's taking your side on the debate. Yeah, last yeah, week. yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm not going to go that far on it. It's just maybe not my total cup of tea. I'm not going to say I dislike the Brainbusters at all, but I mean, just I don't know. I can't remember what I said. All right. Well, here's the email. He says, "Mary Hulkmas, uh, I like I like Dave am anti Brainbusters. The main reason being that, in my opinion, they got the spot that I should feel." Should have went to the fabulous Rougeau brothers. True. Who are absolutely the better team and fit the WWF better. I think I also heard Ramon talk about it in a shoot video, how they were promised the belts until the Busters showed up. I was wondering your opinions on the fabulous Rougeau brothers versus the lame Busters and which team you guys prefer. Have a safe and Merry Christmas and Hulkamania will never die. Well, thank you, Lucas. Dave, you can start by answering that question. Um, I mean... It's just like I said before, it's like Coke and Pepsi. I prefer the Rougeau brothers because they're more entertaining. Uh, I think they were probably almost as good in the ring as as, as the Busters, you know. I like Tully and Arn as member in NWA or WCW's members, the Horsemen, more than if it were the Rougeaus. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I think the Rougeaus' place in the WWF in 1989 is a better place. So my my answer is, is the Rougeaus. 
Well, I might surprise you since I was pro busters on the last show. That doesn't mean, though, that I don't think the Rougeos are better, and I do. And I think that they uh, should have got that spot um, or at least shared it in some way. Uh, they were uh, a great, great tag team in a great, great tag team division, a great, great era for tag team for a long time. Um, and they were good as faces and they were great as heels. Uh, I think the Busters need flair around. That's you know, fair. If they're around that's when fair. flair's around, it's a different story. Look at I don't want to take anything away from the Brain Busters because I don't want to make Steve from the last episode sound foolish. I do like them. And I think they had some really great matches in the WF. Like they had a match at Madison Square Garden against the Rocker the Rockers uh-huh. that I covered on one of my Place to Be Nations. That's damn near five stars. I think I gave it four and a half on that pod. Um so they had their moments, certainly. That doesn't mean I don't think that the Rougeaus couldn't have had theirs as well. And I wish they did. So I'm pro Rougeaus as well. All right. Hey, we're WWF guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, of course, of course we're going to go down that route. But, again, if you other people go down another route, you know, we, we understand that as well. All right. We got another email here in our email. Uh, comes from Joey in Florida. Hey, Steve. Hey, Dave. This po- email is not for you. It's for Paula. Hey, Whoa. Paula. Love hearing you on the 24-inch pod when you chime in and out. Quick question for you. I just want to know. Give me your top three favorite wrestlers from the era and your least favorite. All right, Paul. They're putting you on the spot. Joey wants oh to know God. your three favorite and your least three favorite. Uh, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, and I had to do Ricky the Dragon Steam. Okay, those are your top three. And who are your uh-huh. bottom I like three? it. My bottom three are probably Scary Sherry. Is the Undertaker <laughs> Sure, you can pick Undertaker. Undertaker. And, um, Brother Love. Brother Love, okay. Wow, yeah, that's a good heel right there. <laughs> All right. Nice, nice, nicely done. Thank you, Joey. Dave, you got one? Oh, okay. Oh, my God. This is going to be off the top of my head. But, um, top three favorites, Hogan, Piper, Third one there. Oh my god, I want to waste all air time. I'll all say Macho Man. Uh, bottom three. I mean, I, like as a kid, like yeah. Or I mean, there... it, when you were in the era, you know, Kyle Paul is in the era. You know what I mean? Even though it's not, she's still learning, seeing stuff for the first time. You, you know, in retrospect, when you were living this, what were you? So I got to take Macho Man out then, then because okay. I like him more, and because you know, because like you said. Said with uh, Scott Criscolo, you know, we always knew he was a bad person, the character, yeah. you know, and he was a good guy. Yep. Until, like, maybe the 92, 93 run, that good guy was a, real, a true good guy. But, um, all right, so I'll, I'll take him out. I'll, I'll put Tito in, in the guys I like. Uh, so Hogan, Piper, and Tito, because Piper was just about turning good by the time I got into wrestling. Um, the guys I disliked the most... Oh, God. Well, I'll give my top three while you think of the bottom three. Yeah. Uh, my top three is, you know, Steamboat, Hogan. And I would love to put, you know, the Hart Foundation or the Bulldogs on there, but they're two that would make it four. So I'll save them for the tag team list, and I'll put Adrian Adonis on um, as my three just to give love to Buffalo. And, of course, his unbelievable bumping and how great he was in the ring. Um, I think he's a, a not, certainly a very underrated guy from our era. And awesome. bo- bottom three, just guys I just did not like. Well, first of all, Danny Davis is probably number one. Um, Honky Tonk Man is probably number two because yeah. um, Honky Tonk Man ruined my life one day. 
Uh, so he's definitely on there. He beat the Ricky Steamo, oh, took God, the title from him right yeah. in front of me. I told you that story a million times. I know, I forgot. What did Grandpa have to do? He had to bribe you. With what? Nachos. Nachos, yeah. And a hoko <laughs> foam finger. You got it. So, Danny Davis, uh, who did I say? Um, Honky Tonk, and let's see, who's another heel I always hated? Well, I'll say Macho Man. Because I always hated him because he tried to kill Steamboat, and I'll stand by that. Yeah. Who's your bottom three, Dave? I got him now. Right. Warrior. Yeah. Uh, I was I liked him before he beat uh, Hogan. Warrior would probably be but on my not list that too. much. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I so think Warrior, actually Warrior above Macho. I despised yeah. him after WrestleMania Nine. So that uh, I mean after WrestleMania Six. Uh, Ric Flair when yeah. he first came in because I okay. was I was very nervous. I knew I knew who he was and I knew his reputation, so I was very very nervous there. Even though I was in sixth grade by then. And uh, the same could be said for Sid at okay. the time. I was I very I didn't did not like at that time because it was a time where Hogan was starting to take a step back a little bit, so you had to be a little more nervous and weary, you know. So those are the guys. Like I I, I didn't really hate Ted DiBiase or you know Heenan and Andre. I mean, I guess Andre, but I'm I'm still going to go with Warrior Flair and Sid. Yeah, uh, the guy that petrified me the most in terms of Hulk. Was always Kamala, but I don't know yes, that. I, you know, I don't know, that, know yeah. that I hated him though. Yeah. I mean, I was scared he was going to hurt Hulk, but I was kind of intrigued by, you know, the character. Yeah, you can, I mean, could go on all night, but the guy, the, yeah. the guys where I was like, uh oh, like my time might be. It feels like it's over. Is and it's ending now. Warrior, of course. Then he could throw Flair and Sid with them. I think though, like Danny Davis and. Honky Tonk, I had actual disgust for them in my yeah. heart. You know, disdain for their actions and their behaviors. And well, we all know why Honky Tonk. Yes, and Danny yeah. Davis because he screwed the Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he just didn't have integrity as an official. I didn't like that. No. All right, Paula, do you have an email? All right, Dave, do you have an email or a text message? I got a couple. Yeah, okay. yeah Kevin, I got to put my cheaters on for this one. It's a little long. Okay. So put those cheaters on. Can't believe that I'm saying that. Dave's old. Uh, yeah, getting up there, guys. All right, Kevin from Nutley. Guys, I remember being a fan of Dusty Rhodes when he was in the WWF. I was also shocked when my dad told me that he knew who Dusty Rhodes was. He never watched wrestling with me, so it was surprising to me that he knew who he was. Obviously, at the time, I had no idea who, who Big Dusty was. When Dusty first came to the WWF, did either of you know what a big star he was? Given Dusty's status, do you think the WWF missed an opportunity by not having American Dream either feud with or team with the real American? I guess meaning Hulk Hogan. Right. I'll go first. Okay. Uh, yes, I did. I did know he was a big star. I was a big uh, pro wrestling illustrated reader, and I, you know, from, I, I say I didn't watch uh, Turner and, and uh, you know, or, or Crockett until Hogan went over there. It's not that I never saw it. I did sometimes have him put it on in the background when I was playing with my wrestling figures as a kid. I just wasn't, you know. I wasn't following the feuds or anything like that, but I sure as heck knew who Dusty Rhodes was. And I was really into him when he came into the WWF. I think him and Hulk didn't cross paths uh, because Dusty was a lot, may have invented a lot of B and C shows while Hogan was at, was on the A's, or he was just under Hogan wrestling the boss man or DiBiase. He, he, he was held like as that even bigger than, you know, bigger than Duggan, bigger than, you know, a lot of the, the, after Hogan and Warrior, maybe in 1990, Dusty might have been the third biggest babyface. So they don't really didn't really combine them. What, what do you think, Steve? Yeah, I knew who he was as well. I was a big after bag reader when my 
when my uh, my nono was grocery shopping, when my, we would have to take her grocery shopping, and I would go to two places in Wegmans. I'd go to the wrestling magazines and to the place where they rented the wrestling videos and would read them. Then I'd go to the videos, look at the back of the tapes, whatever. So I knew who he was. And also, um, I watched a lot of WCW Saturday Night or whatever it was called at the time, the 605 Saturday show. Uh, Cause I was at my dad's then and we would, re- you know, I said we would go out to parties a lot with his friends that would right about be the time where my dad was like in the shower, getting ready to go. You know, we just finished supper or whatever. Um, and I would kill time and watch that. And the Braves game would start and I'd watch the Braves for a while before we went to his party. So I certainly knew who he was. I remember like him and Tony Schiavone standing at the table in the studio, you know, and him arguing with flair, you know, that big feud. So I knew him for sure. And when he came over, I thought it was cool that he came over, and I liked him enough, but I never thought of him in the same league as Hulk. You know, I never totally put that together. Like, this is someone they got to get Hulk with. Now, in retrospect, sure. Would have been cool. Yeah, it would have been cool. Uh, too bad they didn't do it. But at the time... He, he's a huge, huge influence on Hulk. Yeah. Huge. Hulk admits that all, says that all the time. Yeah, but at the time, I guess I just thought of him as where he was on the card. You know what I mean? I thought that felt about right kind of doing his own thing and you know I, I think they gave him they stacked the odds against him and I think he's so good at it that he, he kind of embraced they it. gave him yeah they gave him all Hogan's old feuds boss man savage DiBiase yeah can't go wrong there yeah you so know he did a great job so mm-hmm. good for Dusty I don't know I ever thought of him quite on the level but I do understand why he's someone your dad would know you know what I mean I think especially to the generation before us his name sort of trans transcended the business especially if your dad spent any time in Florida you know, or right. um, you know, some of the territories where Dusty was huge too. You know, I don't know right. Kevin's. It was dad. just that, like a lot yeah. of the kids, like we thought wrestling just began in 1984 until we started reading the magazines, right? Exactly. Like, was, uh, but our our dads were kids once, and Dusty was yeah. a star then too. You know, so yeah. All right, what else you got? I got uh, Tim out in California. All right, Tim. Tim, I haven't right, seen the show see yet, Tim. Got, I'm I, sure we got... I haven't even looked at it yet, and I'm sure we got something about you-know-who in here. Uh, CM Park? Current wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there is an interview on Nitro where NWO Hogan is wearing a paperclip necklace. Is there anything to this? Also, do you guys think that third CM Punk will last? He answers every week. I give him less than a year. It's in his DNA not to cry like a baby and stomp his feet. Also, don't forget to talk about me going to AEW. Ha ha. You could, you could take this one, Steve, and I'll, I'll answer the Hogan question. Oh, that was fun when he went to I, AEW because we were ripping his ass. Because <laughs> yeah, all he does, he, he buries the marks more than me. Right, but he's... <laughs> he right. really is. He's Socializing a, with them. He has a friend with friendship with Jericho, I guess. And, he was the only guy wearing deodorant in the building besides the wrestlers. Yep. So we, it was fun to just... At, we crushed him in the text for a couple of days. <laughs> that was fun, <laughs> you know? Um, I, I mean, like I was thinking like, so if Kirk Cobain never died and Jericho's band opened for Nirvana, like, would you go to the show? I was wondering. Yes, that. he would probably. Yeah. And he probably yeah. would stay and dance around a teen spirit <laughs> to fit in. Um, look at, <laughs> I, uh, I, um, I think also CM Punk will probably not make it a year because first of all, he's old man, you know, second of all, that's just his history. Uh, but we do not need to go over this weekly, t- uh, Tim, I, although I do appreciate you. <laughs> also, I want to mention. No, you're popping me for real. Right, oh, also, I want to mention that I have not seen the show yet, Tim, although I have on vacation <laughs> here crossed a few items above it off the list 
Uh, so I am inching closer to the point where I'll at least say, oh, what's this on the list? Should I watch it? Which then I will probably say, no. What is it again? Move on to the next. It's the Blackberry story maybe or something. I don't know. Oh, I think I tried to watch it. I got it on the list. Like, I don't know what to tell him other than that. You know, it's on the list. Uh, I appreciate it. Here, I'll tell you the, let me look at the list here. I'll tell you what it is. TV show list. Oh, it's Uber. It says uh, right at the bottom, it says Uber show recommended by Tim M. Yeah, I I tried to watch it and I fell asleep. I'm not saying I fell asleep because I didn't like it. I think I was just tired, but I I never got back to it. Uh, But I do um, want to mention uh, a few other things. Shout out to um, Fred M uh, for getting me in the loop on his latest venture. Appreciate that. Um, Wanted to give uh, Fred a shout out if he's a listener. I know he's a sportscaster listener since he's a former guest. Awesome. Uh, brother of Tim. And also, what was the first part of his question before CM Punk? The, uh, the paper necklace. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Hollywood yeah, I don't know. In uh, 98. Uh, it might have been 97. I think it was 98. Uh, Hogan was asked this. Um, he says he can't remember. <laughs> but I think somebody said a kid gave it to him back. Uh, maybe a special, uh, a, not special, a, um, you know, Make-A-Wish sure. uh, kid. Made it for him. I, I think somebody else said that, but I think Hulk said he just didn't remember. Wow, guys, got a him. story for everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you want to mention? Any, any, you got any other ones? Thank you, Tim. Uh, that's it. Thank okay. you, Tim. Okay, Paul, you got anything you want to do? You want to give everyone a Paul Pod preview? Why don't you tell everyone what they can expect from the Paul Pod when they listen in 2024? A lot of kiddish stuff. Oh, hold on. Go ahead. A lot of kiddish stuff. Kiddish stuff. All right. Well, hopefully our audience is looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I probably would like that. <laughs> Speaking of 2024, uh, 2024 will feature the fourth season of the 24-inch podcast. Uh, we will hit 50 episodes uh, early on in that journey. And the fifth episode will be the first of several episodes towards our WrestleMania 3 episode, um, right. which I'm sure will be multiple parts. But you know, when you think about Hulk Hogan and his career, and you think about Dave and I uh, as wrestling fans, nothing is bigger than WrestleMania III. Uh, so it needs to be given the proper respect, which means we are going to very slowly uh, sort of break down the background. Like we're talking, uh, we might have to go back to, to the machines. Yeah, we're going to very you know, slowly tell the story um, and stories. It's We're not just going to focus on Hulk, although that will be the main focus. I also want to tell the story of... Uh, what I and many consider to be the greatest wrestling match of all time, uh, Steamboat and and Savage. Uh, we want to maybe tell the stories of how the six-man tag came to be or maybe tell the story, whatever. There's a lot of Piper, Piper, Piper and Adonis, and Adonis <laughs> uh, Jake and Honky, uh, JYD and the Harley. King and JYD. There's uh, the, the, the Battle of the Full Nelson. There's a lot of stories we're going to want to tell. We're going to do it very seriously. I have in my head how we're going to do it. I'll, I'll go over it with Dave. We'll fine-tune it. But the first part will be episode 50. So we will start our journey to WrestleMania 3. We won't do it every week. We'll do one. We'll put it away for a couple weeks. We'll do the next one, you know, maybe a month later. And when we're ready, when we feel like we're ready to start WrestleMania 3, we will. And I'm sure that will be multiple parts as well. Uh, But that will be part of the season. Also, Dave, as I mentioned to you, we need uh, some input. Two four inch po- podcast at gmail.com. What are some shows you want us to cover in Hulk's career? You know, uh, another thing I want to know too is what are some out of era shows from Hulk 
you want us to cover? Because I want to do a couple more of those this year, maybe one or two. Um, you know, uh, maybe it's from his return to the WWF. Maybe it's his um, WCW stuff. But we got to get one or two we, of those. We've never done it. We've never done an AWA one or an AWA one, yeah. which would be before. You know, a before after show. Uh, if there's something you want us to do, uh, let us know. And then also, you know, stuff in the era. Is there a show from Nesson or a show from the Maple Leaf? Something, obviously, we want to be able to watch it. If not the whole show, at least Hulk's match. At least the match. Yeah. But what, and, and we have access to a lot. You know, I mentioned on here we have a great drive uh, that we have access to, which has hundreds of shows. Yeah, the match with Backlund when Backlund was a champion, Hulk was a heel at the Philadelphia Spectrum. Yeah, but what, even. where do you want us to go? And Dave and I talked before this segment, you know. Uh, 2022 was rough because um, I was ill and we there was months where we couldn't do a show. And 2023 was better, uh, but we only got to, what, 14 shows. We're going to do more next year. Uh, we're going to work as hard as we can to do more um, and just keep going and, you know, and keep doing this and keep honoring Hulkamania and having fun and reading the news and doing bios. And we're going to get to times where we've done the bio. Maybe we'll do it again. Maybe we'll change the format a little bit and play a game, you know, do a grid. Well, sometimes you think you, th- do you a do countdown. the same bio, you, yeah. you think of something else that you didn't yeah. say last time. Yeah, and so, there was so much. And also, you know, if we, let's say we did Iron Sheik or uh, Paul Orndorff, someone we did like the first couple episodes, that's four years ago, three years ago now. So maybe we do it again because we have different listeners, different people. I don't even remember what we said. Uh, maybe yeah. <laughs> uh, our great fans like, Tim and and Kevin and uh, Ryan Lucas. and Lucas, they might not even remember that. I don't remember what we said, so maybe we'll we'll t- brush up on it and and kind of like go back over some things. Um, maybe there's new information, you know, like right. maybe someone who was alive before has passed. Maybe we can take a second to maybe honor them more completely, um, or maybe we will instead of just doing his opponents, maybe we'll do some bios of people on the card. That Hulk doesn't wrestle, but probably will never come up. Like maybe Jim Nightheart, for example, right? Like there's probably a really low chance we're going to do an episode where Hulk wrestles Nightheart. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we could do his bio sometime. I'm just using him as an example. Uh, so we'll play with that, um, and we'll pretend to find a new site for the news, but probably still use the old one. Um, and uh, look, we'll at, pretend. <laughs> yeah. and then still use every year. One. Yeah, and uh, we'll just keep going. And um, you know, your emails are welcome. Uh, we'll get Paula in the mix, hopefully more. Uh, hopefully there'll be more shows where Paula and Dave can be together so it's not separate. Hey, Paula, um, maybe I can be a guest on a Paula pod sometime. Paula, Dave you wants know, to could, be a guest on a Paula pod. We could pod. talk about think? kitty cartoons from the 80s. He wants to talk about <laughs> 80s cartoons with you. She likes it. She's down. <laughs> right. All right. So I think that's going to do it for the season. That means there's one last piece of business for the 24-inch podcast in the year of our Lord, 2023. And that is that I'm going to ask you to please tell your friends, tell your family, tell your priest, tell your teachers, tell your workout instructor, tell whoever to Even say their people prayers. who eat at Fad, who yep. work at Fatties. Even people who work at the bar in Buffalo called Fatties. <laughs> Ooh, sounds like fun. Tums. And platters. And oh platters. no, I'm feeling better. Uh-oh. And Walmart and Chick Fil A and yes, many employees. Everything. Right, wherever you see an employee, tell them to please. even your religion teacher. Sure, tell them please to say your prayers. It's your buddy, man. To tell your friends about the 24th podcast. 
Happy New Year, brother. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Three, two, one. It's New Year's. <laughs> <laughs>